The 494th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head on over to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN merch store, 15% off everything when you use promo code PLAYOFFS. Howdy, ho, DeGenerinos. Welcome to episode 494 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This episode's going out to Gumby promised one to someone if they answered a trivia question. So going out to Bria Roger is how I'm going to say your name today for knowing who Robert California was. My son knew who it was as well. So this goes out to Bria Roger. Uh, thank you for coming to the show. Episode 494. If you race towards 500, even though 500 is going to be nothing, it'll be a normal episode next week i guess <laughs> by the time we hit it when we hit it um we're covering an event today that i didn't even realize was happening so um lucky luckily gumby is on the ball here and realized that a road to ufc uh finals are happening this uh coming weekend so we will cover that um actually it's coming a week a week from around a week from when you get this gets into your ear holes but before we do all that we'll talk about we'll we'll, we'll go around the world of mma mostly regional mma see how gumby's picks did Talk some, probably talk some UFC, all that fun stuff. So if that sounds good, buckle up. We're going to have some fun. Let's bring in the regional MMA god himself, Gumby Vreeland, to discuss these things. But first, he must tell us about the cool dinosaur on his hat. Oh, yeah, it's just it's just, it's just the dinosaur on my hat. Uh, and cool. then it's, uh, yeah, it's from the, the clink room, the uh, yep, collective, of, yeah, yeah, the unofficial sponsor of my my head, yeah. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's just it. He's got some sunglasses yeah. on. Uh, yeah, hey, nothing that, really. wrong with a dinosaur with sunglasses on, right? I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's why it's mm-hmm. on my head. Um, so uh, I, I I forgot that I had promised the episode to somebody because it's really hard for me not <laughs> to dedicate this episode to Rafael Pereira. Uh, okay, tell us his, why. Gumby. After his performance at LFA, so LFA uh, 175 took place in Brazil, uh, and when we broke down the show on let's see, when do we break down LFA? Was that a Wednesday episode? I, I think so, matter. yeah. But I think that was the yeah. Wednesday episode. Uh, we had no odds, and I told you Rafael Pajeda for sure going to come in as a large underdog. I believe I predicted plus 300. Well, he came in at plus 350, uh, which is even just a little bit sweeter than the large odds, I thought. And not only did he win as a plus 350 underdog, uh, it took him 51 seconds. Uh, he... Stunned his opponent with a left hand, didn't follow the shot up, instead decided to show his opponent his ass, uh, which was an interesting move, uh, and then proceeded to hit him with more punches as he got up and took his back and gave him a rear naked choke with no hooks in, uh, which is a bizarre performance against a high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And he did it in 51 seconds. I didn't even sweat during the, uh, the contest. And that's pretty much like a good encapsulation of how my whole weekend went because, uh, wow. Sweat free weekend. Re- regional MMA was nice to me this weekend. Well, uh, l- let's, let's stick with LFA. So LFA right. 
Uh, that was probably my favorite one of the weekend. 3-1-1 one, and one in LFA. Uh, there was a no contest to kick off the night. Uh, what's his name? Pyrrhus, uh badly jammed his finger in Gomez's eyes. Uh, it was real brutal. Plus, I think Gomez was kind of looking for a way out. Uh, oh, when, you sound like you, you sound like all the casuals in every MMA fight. I'm saying that, but he was like he was clearly getting beat, in my opinion. Pierce like had Apollo yeah. Gomez like he had him down a couple of times. He seemed to be getting the better of the striking exchanges. He was pressing him up against the cage. Gomez was looking tired. He took fingers in the eye about halfway through the second round, which somebody in the Discord smartly put up pointed out like half the fight was over. Couldn't we have gone to the judges scorecards in that case? And I think it was just a case of like the Brazilian commission doesn't exactly have the same exact rules as all the American ones do. Isn't um, that fun? Ontario yeah. too, apparently. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like fun. all these weird, uh, like you, uni- uh, uh, why do we call it the unified rules of MMA? <laughs> <laughs> They're not unified. Like they, we've sort of agreed on them in some places. Yep. And then apart from that, uh, not so much. So uh, yeah. So that one kicked off our night uh to to kind of ruin the beginning of things i got my notes here and then after that uh was when we got Rafael Pereira, who won as a three and a half to one underdog he just absolutely smoked fernando uh larenko which by the way i have to say i missed something uh in that fight uh you you usually are the guy who misses that it was a rematch but oh, I missed, it was a rematch i missed the like announcer said uh you know Pereira coming in here looking for revenge and i was like the hell maybe for a teammate and then i pulled up his tabology and it, his like second or third pro fight was lorenko and it was like ah. lorenko's like third pro fight so one of them's got 20 pro fights one of them's got 12 and they fought like the second or third fight of their career i think it was 2017 or something like that so it had been seven years so like you probably wouldn't have drawn anything from there Except for the fact is I think it made Pajeda a bigger underdog. You know, like I placed him as a 300 dog. Uh, maybe that's the extra 50, you know. Um, <laughs> we got that one, right? Uh, I did miss my guy Anderson Pajeda, who was my big underdog last year that I cashed. He's now a favorite. He lost, looked kind of bad against Samuel Silva, uh, which, of course, that's the clip I stole for YouTube shorts, too, that blew up. Uh, the only pick I missed on the whole <laughs> Yeah. Of course, the one I put to highlight. Um, then we got wins from uh, Marcos Tulio, who wound up being a negative 350 favorite, and Bruno Lopez, who, uh, when he first posted the odds that I'm using, because I always use the odds that first post instead of the ones that move, or I don't try to pick an ad. Yep. One. Like, if we don't have odds when we, we do it, and I'm using it for my tracking, uh, I always just put whatever they posted um, as soon as I find it. So, uh, Bruno Lopez started as a negative 600 favorite. So that's what I gave myself. Uh, but he wound up like negative 400 by fight time. So it would have been a little juicier there. Uh, but all in all, LFA would have been three, one and one. And if you had put $100 on the money line for each of those fights, you would have been up $295.24. So about 300 bucks, which was about three units. Uh, so a good ass LFA card. Thanks to uh, my main man, Rafael Pajeda. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. It sounds like it looked like people in the discord were in on your picks as well, which is, I, I think there were at least two people because, uh, F F P and a, I believe is his, his name, which hopefully that doesn't sound stand for something dirty. And I'm only finding that out now. Um, but F P and a, <laughs> uh, was very excited about it. And then, uh, what was it? Swedish voodoo, Swedish voodoo. I think is the other guy in the, the discord who was like, did Pajeda really just win? Uh, so yeah, there were a couple of people, 
seemingly in on a three and a half one to underdog on a regional MMA card on from Brazil on a boring Saturday night. <laughs> hey, the the Gumby God, they listen to him. Uh, FPNA means financial planning and analysis. Gumby. Oh, good, good. Yeah, no, that's better um, than any of the things I was. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it means something worse. I was. Sure. Yeah, I was. I, for some reason. Anytime anybody has like initials for their name, it always like gives me like two seconds to be like, man, I hope those are your like legal initials uh, <laughs> and like not uh, before I shout you out on a podcast. I really hope that doesn't yep. stand for something the kids are saying these days. You know what I mean? Yeah. You never know though. You never know. My, my, my son might be laughing his head off knowing uh, <laughs> what I said, but my family doesn't listen. So he'll yeah, never hear this. Yep. All right. So that was LFA. Very good. Very good. Um, how about Octagon, I guess, was the next one up. On, so, on so that, yeah. Right? I, I, well, actually, Octagon came before because that was, right, uh, right, right. you know, it was a noontime card. Um, straight out of the gate, I lost on one. Uh, Corey Fry was fighting Max Holzer. I had Corey Fry. Um, where I posted Corey Fry, uh, you know, when we did the show is he was listed as a negative 163 favorite. So that's what I put in my spreadsheet. By the time the fight rolled around, he was a plus 150 underdog. I think people might've known something that I didn't know, uh, in terms of like injury or something going on with Corey Fry, but like he went from being a very sizable favorite to a very large underdog and he looked the part, uh, in his fight. So that one uh, did not go well for me. Uh, bad one right out of the gate. Then another fight got canceled. Um, Yusef Shoab uh, pulled out of that fight hurt at the last second. And then in the last four fights, clean sweep uh, for to give us a sweep four and run one finish. We got a win from underdog Stuart Austin, who uh, not only battered his opponent on the feet, but it's uh, got an arm triangle choke that he was plus one or uh, plus one thirty. We got Aaron Abbey, who swept the board on the judges' scorecards, negative 225. Matej Panaz. We got to talk about this guy for a second. Yeah. Th- him there was not being him in the Discord as well. People are into, not that, being into that guy. He is wild, dude, because like he's got like an 89-inch reach or something like that. That He looks like – I mean, like he looks like a praying mantis. And he knocked out Matthew Bonner, who had been fighting for all kinds of European organizations that had never been finished. And he hit him with one of the meanest shots to the ribs I've ever seen. Crumbled him terribly. He looked every bit the negative 800 favorite he was. And this is a guy who didn't get to the UFC because he got tapped out by Cedricus Dumas on Contender Series. And it will continue to perplex me till the day I die. Because now we are getting all of these Cedricus Dumas fights in the UFC in his like crazy Florida man Twitter. And <laughs> we are not getting Panage, who is like a dazzling striker with seemingly decent takedown defense, which we got to see a little bit of. Um, and then, so anyway, that, that was, he was a negative 800 favorite. Probably doesn't deter, need too much uh, analysis on that one. And then my guy, uh, Jonas Magard, uh, in the main event, just absolutely wrestled Jack Cartwright to death. He did get himself stuck in a buggy choke at the end of a round. Uh, but slammed his way kind of out of it and basically just until he was safe until the bell rang. But he was only a negative 120 favorite. So uh, that capsulates our four and one night on Octagon. Plus, uh, if you bet $100 on every single one of those fights, plus 170.28. So like 1.7 uh, units, if that's how you prefer to measure things. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so we got plus 170 on Octagon, plus. 295 on LFA and 
we do the ad reads before we talk about one yeah. FC? How, how yeah, absolutely insane yeah. one FC is. Yeah. And then we'll, uh, we're all about measuring unit sizes on this show. So we'll, we'll measure some more unit sizes when we get back after we tell you about underdog fantasy. I'm sure they appreciate me segueing into their ad read. Talk about that. Uh, underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football, when it's going on, MMA, tennis, they got it all. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win 100 times with some spicy plays. Gumby, do you have a spicy or mild or medium play for us? Yeah, I'll take uh, the Bulls are playing late night tonight. I'll take uh, Kobe White. I think Kobe White is listed uh, at 22 and a half points. He's gone for 25 and 26 in back-to-back games. So uh, I, I think he probably keeps up that kind of rhythm and, and at least gets me 23 here, especially with uh, – uh, I, I got crap for how I said Vucevic's name uh, last, <laughs> last time. But uh, especially with Vuce all uh, banged up a little bit. So Kobe might have to to tackle a little bit more of the scoring. Uh, do they have higher and lower on his the size of his hair? I don't think they do. They should, though. It, it's fantastic, man. And yeah, it, it seems like every single time somebody gets a freeze frame picture of him that I can use in an article. Uh, which, <laughs> yep. By the way, we do articles all the time on uh, Underdog Fantasy over on every day. SGPN. Uh, and uh, it seems like every single one, it's doing something wilder, which is which yep. is fantastic. It's it's uh, got a mind of its own, that hair of his. Uh, so watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code. Sorry, not as, not just normal SGPN, MMA SGPN. We want, we want to get credit for it. So that's MMA SGPN. Um, and I appreciate whoever it was that... Um, ripped Gumby about his pronunciations. That's it's appreciated because it wasn't me for a change, which is nice, right? Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. And, and, I, and for I, the YouTube, you, mm, go ahead. Am I wrong? Is it not Vucevic? Yeah, it is. Okay. I thought it was Vucevic. Maybe I stumbled yeah, on it that time. Yeah. But I, I thought I, I thought I nailed it. <laughs> the, uh, the YouTube commenter who, uh, a certain YouTube commenter is going to love that we're t- doing pronunciations again. <laughs> someone, uh, someone enjoys when I spend most of the episode trying to pronounce someone's name. So I'm going to lean into it even harder now. Fans <laughs> like. All right. Before we move off Octagon, let's, let's talk about Octagon. It seems to really be on the upswing, eh? at least based on our metrics, uh, people listening, people commenting, yeah. people talking in the discard on it. It seems that Octagon seems to be the, the top regional promotion right now, at least in terms of interest. It, it's giving, I think, first of all, the big one, especially in this, like, you know, the gambling community is just that like it, it the odds are available early in readily and there's enough volume on it that you see some movement. So you can think about whether or not you're getting good value and stuff like that. And I think that's important to a lot of people. And then the, the production quality is like, I mean, it's better than, than, I mean, it's better than PFL and PFLs on ESPN, but that's mostly just cause I can't possibly deal with PFLs, you know, the little bar on the bottom that tells you how fast somebody's punch was like, there's I don't a lot of, a lot of stats. Dude, it's why, just getting <laughs> off there. <laughs> it's just, it's they really were like here's an idea and then they gave it to like a four-year-old who overdid it um you know it's <laughs> yeah. just one of those things so yeah I, I mean like octagon it's clean it's good the english uh broadcast is fantastic i can't you know comment on how good the uh czech uh broadcast is but the the english one is phenomenal um they, they do really awesome work and in the the stands they showed us a picture of Matej panaz's 
I believe his fiance was sitting front row and she was arm in arm with Gogi the monkey. So there, there's. The oh, other wow. Thing. Yeah. Gogi. Yeah. Gogi arm in arm with her rooting on Panache. So, uh, yeah, they, they, they're, they're working all angles. So I appreciate that. And there's another octagon up coming up next week, which I am penciling in. We I think we're going to have to cover that because the fans seem to enjoy it. They do. They, they, they do very so. much so. Yeah, so we'll have to lean into that. Um, if you heard her scream, the dinosaur in Gumby's hat got loose and ate one of his children, but he's got another kid, so it's okay. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, it we was just that. one scream, right? That's just that's why that's why we that's why we had two. Exactly. That's why we duplicate <laughs> these things. All right. Yeah, next Octagon's got East Women's Strawweight Championship on the line. So yeah, yeah. I think I saw Ava Dorth is uh yep. for the title again. Yeah, yep. She just had a All really right. nice performance in December. Cool, very good. All right, one FC never disappoints with the craziness and uh we had um we had our main event fighter uh back out last minute because his coaches two of his coaches could, got could, deported. Could, <laughs> they didn't even get deported they just couldn't be cage side is my oh, okay. understanding so my understanding i, I heard they're headed back to the states he wrote but maybe not so they he did say that he was going back to the states with him but i don't think they were being oh, okay. deported i think they just didn't have a work visa which to okay, my understanding right, right. meant yep. that they couldn't be cage side they could be spectators which means in theory, he could have just found, you know, somebody in the area to, you know, bring him his water bottle or something like that. And well, he have... said someone volunteered. He says some world champion. They, the, the I'm sure there were a billion people. World... I'm sure there yeah, were a billion one, people. One lined up some world champion BJJ guy to, to help corner him. But he said no. So Chase backed out of a main event slot, which I don't know. Yeah. Not it's... a good look. And, and... I and called him Chase. His name's not Chase. Yeah, it's it's Sage, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but like, what a weird ass move! And then it wound up being John Lineker, John Lineker <laughs> down. I mean, I guess he weighed in closer to that weight. But like, if we're talking about their actual weight class, Lineker's a thirty five er, and that fight was supposed to take place at seventy, right? Like, and so you know, Lineker wildly they called it an open weight fight by the end of it. I was like, what a weird ass thing to do. And, yeah. and of course he got submitted because, you know, my, my, the reason I took Sage Northcutt, which by the way, his number ballooned after we talked, uh, definitely oh, wasn't yeah. playable by fight time. Yeah. I think he was like negative 450 by fight time. Blame um, Gummy so, for that, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally not playable, uh, by the time that happened. But like it, the reason I liked him is because he was big enough and strong enough to keep Aoki from taking him down. And like, then you give Aoki a giant size advantage. And of course he was in there beating up Lineker. So, um, yeah, that was a weird one, but again, a pretty awesome night overall. So let's run through the results. Uh, my short king in the opener, Gustavo Ballart beat Hiroba Minowa. Uh, that was a negative 110 slight underdog because you were getting negative 130 on the other side. So uh, started the night out right with my four foot 11 guy scoring enough takedowns to take a very close decision. Uh, and then Bokang Masayune uh, picked up a win as well. Negative uh, 175, kind of a one-sided decision. My lone loss on the night came from Yuya Wakamatsu, who beat Danny Kingod in their rematch. Uh, so that was kind of a bummer. Um, but then we got an underdog in Ayaka Miura, who beat Itsuki Hirata. Um, and she was coming in at plus 125, so we hit a dog there. And then, of course, Gary Tonin doing Gary Tonin ass things by choking out Martin Wynn, negative 225. So once again, for the third consecutive event of the weekend, just one loss. Uh, so we went four and one, three, one and one and four and one. And in one FC, if you had bet a hundred dollars on all of those, that would have come out to 217.50. Uh, so on the weekend, 
11 wins, three losses, one no contest. And if you had bet $100 on all 15 of those fights, you would have come out up 683.01. So almost seven. Everyone units. did. Everyone yeah. at the very least, they did that because they have to. It's, it's what one you're of the to do. requisites of listening to the show. Fantastic oh, job. So yeah. yeah. So we so, are uh, we're on the year up yep. 14, 13, 02 uh, on regional wow. MMA at 26 and 9. Is that good enough for you all or what? Come on. Yeah. I mean, you, I don't think you can beat that. You can try, but I, no. I don't think anybody's no. beating that. And like career wise, you're way up as well, right? Yeah, yeah I don't not that much up, but I mean that like was that, I pretty much almost reached my last year's total. I think my last year's total was like 16 units. Now I do have to maintain this for another 11 months, but it's a decent head start. No <laughs> exactly. Just like two years ago when I when I was way up and my uh, overall picks, and then slowly but surely I gave all the money back. But I remember that. That's that gambling was, for that's pretty you. Pretty damn epic. All right. <laughs> um. Let's do. Let's finish up the ads, and then we will give you some picks before we're out of your ear holes. It won't just be a recap episode. We will actually give you some more winning picks. We're going to start off with telling you about Cut, first of all. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes. And it's they have tons of fun social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. Cut offers lower vague and fully customizable odds. Create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things, so you never have to chase anyone down for dollars. Uh, the social features include group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user pro- profiles, fan groups, and more. And the rewards are you get cash back every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Reminder, Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for probably player props and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Start all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hwebbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. And our merch store is still having a sale. You can get a hat like the one I'm wearing right now. SGP hat, 15% off everything in the store now until the end of the month with promo code playoffs. And once again, we are competing against other shows for a bonus. So get in there, buy your MMA gambling podcast gear. Um, we have lovely shirts, mugs, hats. We got it all. So get in there, check it out. It's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Playoffs is your checkout code to get you a discount. All right, Gumby, unbeknownst to me, uh, luckily Gumby knew, Road to UFC. Vegas, Las Vegas is called. The finals are this weekend. It's happening right after the UFC event, right? Yeah, I think there's there will probably be a little bit of a gap there because my understanding is that the road to the UFC fights are going to start at 1230. Yeah, uh, just just after midnight. And the uh, card starts at four with like 12 fights. I think that's probably going to end around 10, 1030 maybe. And then uh, maybe 11 at the worst. So you're going to have like an hour and a half for them to like clean up, probably change some of the signage, maybe get a different announcer in there. And then, uh, yeah, then we're going to get weirdly three fights just after midnight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We lost a fight. Um, The 
Bantamweight uh, championship fell out. I think there was visa issues for that one. So they're my understanding. Yeah. My, my understanding on that one is that um, when they decided to change, because remember this uh, fight card at the apex was originally supposed to be was it China. Yeah. It was China, originally yeah. supposed to be overseas somewhere. Yeah. It was supposed to be China. Um, so I think it was a lot easier to get uh, visas there. And my understanding is that Chang Ho Lee, who is one of the members of the Bantamweight finals had a little bit of trouble. Cause if you notice anybody from Japan or China pretty much had no problem turning their visa around really quick. And I think Korea was maybe like a little bit more of a stickler in terms of like getting their, their visas out and being able to, to move. So uh, Chang Ho Lee, I believe is the one who did have to pull out. All right. So hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later. So instead, we instead of four fights, four finals, we get three. We get flyweight, we get featherweight, we get lightweight. Um, all these fighters have already won two fights this year, and now they're on the uh, last fight. Uh, this one will get them into the UFC. So we shall start at uh, the bottom of the card. Um, as Gumby said, it's Sunday, technically uh, Sunday Eastern time, 1230 a.m. Eastern. So right after the UFC Saturday night. Um, shortly thereafter, we got Road to UFC uh, at the Apex. All right, we're going to kick things off. Three five-minute rounds at Flyweight Ray Tasura versus Jinyu Shiyu. And this is, like as I said, at a Flyweight belt. We do not have any odds yet for this. Usually Road to ones get, get released pretty early. I'm kind of surprised by this. Yeah, they do. But remember, most of the time we've done the road shows, we've done them on like Thursday or Friday, too, as like bonus True. episodes True. that we squeezed in. So like it always felt like we had odds, but I don't think we ever did it like a full week ahead of time because this will be on technically on next Sunday. Um, So like, yeah, we're we're a whole week away. All right. So Gumby will give you his thoughts on the odds and then basically you can make um, decisions based on that. And you can get in our discord, of course, sports slash discord and chat with Gumby in real time. And he can let you know what he thinks when the odds jump. Okay. Uh, or ads drop, excuse me. We will start off with Jinyu Shiyu from China. I didn't tell you where these guys are from China versus Japan. Uh, all right. The Chinese fighter is little King Kong 13 and two, five knockouts, three submissions, never been finishing a fight. So he has some finishes here Two and zero in road to UFC. He's that's part of a seven fight winning streak. He's not lost since September 2020. Used fight up at Bantamweight, two inches taller than Tsuru, Tsura, excuse me, an inch reach. Tsura is 8 0, three knockouts, four submissions, 2 0 road to UFC, was a regional champion, two years younger than his counterpart here. And that is all I got for you. Gumby. So I think I think Saruya is going to come in here as a pretty massive favorite. Let's say negative three twenty five, probably like two fifty on the return for Jinny Yushiu. Uh, and I I think obviously the play here is Saruya. Um, and I think there's probably value in using him in parlays at this point. I um I actually was somebody who kind of wrote him off before we saw him in the beginning of this tournament. I know he comes from a wrestling background. It's a Greco-Roman wrestling background, which we talked about last week with Ballard a little bit. Not typically what you see in MMA, and sometimes it makes me doubt whether or not they can blend things together because sometimes it goes really well and sometimes it doesn't. And going into this tournament, I was you know kind of on team doesn't for Saruya. I didn't think he would hold up against a lot of these flyweights. And my goodness, is he held up well against these flyweights. He looked outstanding in his first round fight. And then he turned around and he got Mark Clamaco in the second round, who is a guy who I really respects wrestling, has looked really good when he fought for LFA. Um, and he took him down eight times in that fight. 
And it wasn't even necessarily just the takedowns because you could say, you know, he got him down eight times. That means he got up at least seven of them. Right. And, you know, maybe that's a problem, but the, the thing for me is that even when Mark Clamaco got up, Sabrina like had control of his body. He has really excellent abilities to like get a hold of your arms and use that to work you either back to the mat or work you so that you just don't turn into him. Um, and for me, that that's everything um, in terms of like high level wrestling, particularly a, a weight class like flyweight where you have to, you know, hang on to these like super explosive tiny guys. And Jinny Ushiu, you know, like, one of the things I will say about him is defensively, if you were talking about him fighting a striker, you would love the way this guy defends his face. Super high hands, way up in front of his face, almost like a tie fighter, despite the fact that he's not a tie fighter. The problem is, is he's fighting a wrestler, which now that's like the worst place your hands could be if you were fighting a wrestler like that. And he also sits heavy on his front leg. His his right leg tends to stay way out in front of his body and it sort of plants, which means he's there for leg kicks often in the past. But also that probably means like the single leg is coming from Saruya. Um, because despite being a Greco-Roman style guy, like I said, he's got lots of doubles and singles that he works with too. That, that's most of what he got Clamaco down with. So yeah, I, I, I like Saruya here. Anything in the 300 or early 300 range here, I think is probably good parlay fuel. All right, throw him in a parlay, Gumby says. All right, we're moving up. Weight classes to, <clears throat> excuse me, Bantamweights. No, sorry, Bantamweight was canceled. This will be featherweight. Kaiwin Lee from China versus Yizha, Yizha, Yizha from China. I should I'm, I should know how to say all these names since I've said them at least twice before, but them's the breaks, Gumby. Uh, Yizha is 24 and 4. Five knockouts, 13 submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. 4-0, road to UFC. This is his... Uh, second go around here, he's won two straight fights in five of his last six. The one loss was technically in the UFC. Uh, it was in the road to UFC final. So these aren't technically UFC fights this time. Last year, they were UFC. It, it's kind of weird. It right? almost, Last it year almost, they were as UFC fights. It almost, well, because they put them on the card, right? And I, yeah, I right, almost right, think right. that's why they're doing it this way now. Yeah, uh, good point. It almost, and I don't know if there's something contractually that makes more sense for them that way, or it allows them to pay them less. I don't, I don't know necessarily yeah, what it is, but it does it's definitely money. <laughs> does definitely feels that way. It's definitely it's like uh, MLB when they uh, hold a player back to to not start his service time. It's basically what it is. Because uh, yep. if they have a USC fighter on their belts, then they're they're in the uh, sponsorship deal too. And, you know, more fights uh, that you fight, the more money you get in sponsor sponsorship money and so on. So, yeah, it's a sleazy move, I'm sure. But anyhow, uh, so he's, uh, Yizha is technically 0-1 in the UFC because he lost in last year's final. He used to fight at lightweight, two years younger than Lee, two inches reach on him. Lee, the underdog is the nickname. We'll see if Gumby agrees with that or not. 12-5, seven knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out three times. 2-0 on road to UFC. He's won two straight and six of seven. He's not lost since December of 2021. Two inches taller than Yiza, but Yiza does have a two-inch reach advantage. Is so he going to be an he, underdog? The underdog. I think Yiza is probably going to come in as a favorite. Uh, let's say we're going to get like negative 225 and probably like plus 190 on Kaiwin Lee. Uh, you know, just, just below two to one, I think. And I'm going to go with Kaiwin Lee here. Um, from the, the standpoint of Yiza, my, my big issues with him is that he does two things that I don't particularly like on the feet. Number one is uh, is he kind of swings big, and it's not just swinging big in terms of like, uh, you know, like trying to knock you out with every single punch, but it loads up. Uh, and I don't like how much he loads up on things. And it also 
forces him into the clinch sometimes because he kind of overswings where his stance is. You know, he like crashes into a clinch and he's not historically done very well in the clinch. Like if you look at his fight uh, in, you know, the UFC, if you want to call it that, or his last finals, Jiang Yang Lee kind of used that to his advantage and, and won the fight, you know, want to be the split decision. I thought John Young Lee pretty clearly won, um, but it wanted being a split decision and mostly just because he didn't control where the fight was. And then, so for Kaiwin Lee, I, I think he's going to get the better of the clinch because in his last fight, he did pretty darn well in the clinch himself. And then in addition to that too, I, I do like the way he sits on his strikes better and the fact that he throws them a little bit straighter to the target. I also think he's a touch faster um, I think because he maybe doesn't look like the most complete fighter is probably why he comes in here as an underdog. And because he uh, uh, w- was so close to, you know, having a UFC contract already. So he'll probably be the favorite here, but I don't think he's a better striker. I think the problems with the clincher are probably going to be too much. And and I do like Kaiwin Lee's uh, power. So yeah, give me you know, hopefully some dog money here on Kaiwin Lee. Well, if the nickname is anything, um, it will be an underdog. So the underdog Lee is the pick. Hopefully, as a dog. All right, the last fight of the night, we can call it the main event. They don't, but uh, would be three five minute rounds at lightweight for the lightweight championship. Rong Zhu versus Shin Haraguchi. So Rong Zhu from China, Shin Haraguchi from Japan. Um, Haraguchi seven and zero with five knockouts. He's two and zero in road to UFC and is a regional champion. That's all I got for him. Rong Zhu, Little Yama is the nickname. 24 and 5, 15 knockouts, five submissions. He's been submitted four times, 2 and 0 road to UFC. He's won three straight and four or five. He's not lost since February of 2022. One and two in the UFC. He's missed weight twice in the past. So keep an eye on that. See how he looks on the scales. Um, I guess he's probably going to, they'll be waiting in Friday when, with the rest of the UFC card. Uh, was a regional champion. Used fight up at, sorry, down, bantamweight down at featherweight. Two years younger than Haraguchi, three inches taller, four inches of reach. So he's going to be much, uh, definitely much bigger than Haraguchi. All right, break her down. So I think Rong Zhu's going to come in as a favorite having been a UFC veteran. You know, like I think that that uh, bodes well for him. How much? I'm having a tough time lining this because if, if I'm going to be honest with you, I, I think Shin Haraguchi should be a favorite. I personally think Shin Haraguchi is just going to absolutely run Rong Zhu right over. Uh, I love his his wrestling. I love the way he works on top. I love his ground and pound. And I just don't feel like Rong Zhu can deal with that. Especially because, like, man, the image of Rong Zhu that's, like, burned in my brain is him losing to Kazula Vargas. Like, do you remember Kazula Vargas in the, the yep. UFC? He, like, yep. he wasn't he wasn't good. Uh, but he, he did most definitely beat Rong Zhu. Uh, and then, like shortly after beating Rong Zhu, lost to like, or was it before or after he lost to Brock Weaver? Remember the dude who fought dogs in Alabama? Yeah. And then like he lost to Jesse Ronson <laughs> yeah. in like 90 seconds. And like, you know, like I, I want to say he was one, one in three, maybe one in four in the UFC. And like his win was Rong Zhu. And that's like burned in my brain because what it showed me was, is that like Rong Zhu puts himself in a lot of bad situations by like, he marches forward no matter what. He loves to come forward. And when you're fighting a guy who just wants to duck under one of your punches and take you down, that's a nightmare. That's stupid. And it doesn't ever work. Um, and so for me, I think Rong Zhu is just going to run into enough of Shin Haruchi's takedowns. 
Rongzu stuffed enough takedowns in his last fight to win. Uh, you know, he was fighting uh, Sangok Kim in that fight. And, like, Sangok Kim is not the same at taking people down as Shin Haruuchi. But, like, if you also watch a lot of those takedowns, Rongzu's first instinct is to, like, try to punch his way out of the takedowns. That's not going to work against Shin Haruuchi. Like, if you don't immediately look for underhooks or stuff his head, you're going to wind up on your back. So... I, I like Shin Uchi here. I, I think he probably either grinds him out to a ridiculous length or, you know, I wouldn't be surprised as a ground and pound finish here for Shin. And what are we getting him for? You know, so again, this one's really hard for me to line. I think yeah. Rongzu being the UFC vet is probably going to come in at the favorite. But I'll say because I like Shin Uchi here, I will say like maybe negative 175 plus 150 on Shin. Okay. Got it. Um, all right, let's give you a quick recap and then we'll get out of your ears. Be back in tomorrow, don't worry. Um, and your eyeballs if you're watching YouTube. Haraguchi and Lee, hopefully, both those are dogs for him. And then Tsura, Suruya, Suruya, uh, as probably a big favorite, right? That's right. All right, hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. I'm sure you did if you lasted this long. Discord's place, bsportsgamingpodcast.com slash Discord. Um, Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby Vreeland, Jeff Fox Writer are the handles. I'm Jeff Fox Writer on the Instagram. Our YouTube, obviously, even if you don't want to watch us, if you could subscribe, that would help us out greatly. And thank you, everyone who has. Our numbers continue to go up. We are MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Catchy name, I know. Uh, my Substack is still up and running, moneymma.substack.com. Get a subscription, a free one. will get you at the very least into my weekly pick'em contest for the UFC, which will be running again this coming week with the UFC back. Gumby's got Top Turtle MMA Podcast. It will be dropping in your ears in a few days. Do we know who's on it this week? Yeah, I uh, I talked with Max Payne Griffin, who is always a yep. very interesting interview. And then uh, Jamal Pogues, who's going to be fighting on Saturday as well. Uh, he's snickering about Max Payne interviews, so it should be a good one. I mean, he's always like he's been on my show, I want to say like five or six times at this point, And he's always talking about some wild things and like he's usually got some <laughs> new merch like i don't know if you remember he had like a partnership deal with like an earbuds company after he took ramiz brahimai's no, ear that. off yeah he took like oh, ramiz okay. brahimai's yep. ear off and then he like got a d- sponsorship with like some earbuds and now uh well he's he's selling something new so you'll have to listen to find out what <laughs> oh fantastic there's a good tease if i ever heard one and of course sportsgamingpockets.com sportsgamingpockets.com slash patreon sportsgamingpockets.com slash store playoffs is your code there and underdog fantasy if you can sign up and use code mma sgpn that would help us out greatly all right we'll be back tomorrow It'll be little yama jeff fox uh along with little king kong gonna be reeling we're both gonna be little and we'll be in your ear holes and eye holes tomorrow but 